National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio presents. I wish my head could forget what my eyes have seen. Ten years ago, the groundbreaking firefighting movie burned took audiences closer than they'd ever been. Into the fires and into the lives of the men who fight them. Ten years in the making, the long-awaited follow-up is finally here. The workload has increased and manpower has decreased. Burn X explores stories and characters you've never seen before and continues the journey for many of the Detroit firefighters you met in the first film. Fire class, 2019. Order your two-disc ultimate edition of Burn X on DVD and Blu-ray at burnstore.com or get it for streaming and download on iTunes, Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, and Voodoo. What is a man's worth that doesn't make the world a better place? into the daily episode real quick i want to talk about the tin of the month club from taylor's tins national fire radio is the tin of the month for december 2022 right now our tiller time logo is going out the door from taylor for the tin of the month club thirty dollars for the tin five dollars of every tin goes to an organization of our choice we chose the joey d foundation the lieutenant joseph p d bernardo memorial fund they are doing incredible things their mission is to give back to our own through firefighter escape systems firefighter safety and survival training and lectures it's an incredible organization so i need your help after the podcast go to taylorstins.com order the tin of the month thirty dollars you can put it in a stocking wrap it up as a gift or just put it up on your shelf knowing that you supported us in an incredible cause so i appreciate you I appreciate you for going after this podcast and ordering a tin of the month. It means the world to me. Shoot me a DM or an email, nationalfireradio uh, at gmail.com, or send me a DM on social media. Let me know you ordered on. We'll get some swag out in the mail to you, a couple stickers, whatever. We'll get something out the door on top of the tin. So please, let me know you order one. Go to taylorstins.com. Order the tin of the month club. It's tiller time, baby. It's a beautiful shield going to a good cause. Thank you. Without further ado... The Daily Episode. Hey, everybody. Jeremy National Fire Radio back on the audio podcast today. A gentleman who's been on before at least once, if not twice now on the podcast. And I wanted to have him back because they're having great success with a new class that he's rolling out there. Chief Brian Solar. Chief, how are you, pal? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm very good, man. Currently, a so you're like me, man, career volunteer. You've been in the volunteer service for over 30 years. I think you said 32 years now. Uh, currently in a, an assistant chief role again, right? Correct. It, which is yes. very common in the uh, volunteer fire service of having our guys coming up through the ranks multiple times. And you're back at it, man. And I give you all the credit in the world because I just don't think I could do it again. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I, I I still thoroughly enjoy it, and as long as they're, uh, you know, as long as there's a role to fill and they're willing to have me, uh, yeah. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep on plugging along, you know. Well, I think that's I think that's cool, and it's so, certainly something I want to dive into. But a little more background on you, and then we'll hop into it. The reason why career volunteer service for us is so important it's because it's it's what we've known for so long and and for you the professional brotherhood it's a podcast and social media platform where you dive specifically into the volunteer fire service and through that over the last few years and getting to know you and watching your content and having you on our show and so on it's been great to see that you guys formalized and i say you guys there's somebody else that helps you i believe with your class right that you do is yeah that- yeah absolutely Absolutely, one of my uh, one of my best friends, uh, Chief Tommy Andershack. He's a uh, he's a career firefighter um, here locally, as well nice. as a volunteer fire chief. Okay. Yep. So you guys have a class setting our volunteers up for success, and you guys are traveling yes. around the country now, doing this class, and it really is. Uh, I th- I haven't had the ability to sit in on it yet, but I know a lot of your points of view through conversation and. Sure. times that we've spent together. So I can only imagine how impactful it is. And it's fun to hear that you're picking up more and more dates and getting out there and providing this class to volunteer departments to really try to set them up for success, not only for their own people and the mission of the department, but ultimately to survive, right? Because volunteerism Absolutely. is dwindling, man. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure, for sure. 
Go ahead. So let's let's hop into that because before we we got a couple topics you and I want to get into, and and mm-hmm. it's because you and I are very passionate about the volunteer side of things. Um, I think this is going to be a great conversation. But let's just talk about volunteerism in general, right? I I know the the cliche sayings, Brian, that you know, oh my God, there's too much training these days, and oh my God, you know, we require so much time from our people. But are those truly the core reasons why we're struggling today? No, I no, I don't think so. Exactly. I, I I think there's there's a lot of reasons why we're struggling today. You know, we're we're we're, str- we're struggling today because some people just don't want to adapt to today. You yeah. know, I mean that that's a that's a big part of it. Um, some people are so you know set in their ways. And and look, I I've watched you speak on you know the tradition of the fire service sure. um, for for years. You know, since we've known one another. And yeah, there's absolutely a place for for tradition and, and for the past, but, but, you know, we also need, we also need to uh, adjust to the ways uh, of, of today. And, and we need to realize that, uh, you know, one of the things that you'll commonly hear me say is that it, it doesn't matter to me if you're a volunteer firefighter or a career firefighter, you should be held to the same standard. You're doing the same job. Um, the expectation of you is the same, right? Yes. Um, so, so if if uh, if you're not willing to accept that, um, you you really need to take a look in the mirror and and figure out what you have gotten yourself into, right? Um, Yeah, I I think what's interesting about that is I think for for so many ways, like when people pursue a career job, they do it because typically it's not just a job, but it's something that it's it's a path that they've fallen in love with. A lot of them come from the volunteer sector. They they enjoy it. They decide to try to make it as a career and then they move forward. People that people that come from not the line of volunteer, but they also get hired. It becomes more of a, a stable job, a good job, a unionized job, something that's stable for, you know, for them. And so I can understand the appeal of the career side. The volunteer side is super unique, right? Because yeah. everybody joins for for a myriad of reasons, right? And yeah. and it's what they want to get out of it. And I think the other thing that's really interesting about the topic of volunteer fire service too is this goes from – a 10-man rural department in Iowa to a 300-man all-volunteer department, say, in Maryland, right? Like, there's such extremes. And so when when we talk about it, it doesn't matter if you're that 10-man department or that 300-man department. The level of expectation for our customers is what matters, and they don't care. They don't care, and I've heard you say this. They don't care if you're a career volunteer. It doesn't matter. no, and they don't know the difference. Right. You know, and maybe in maybe in some communities they do, but like in in my community, for example, uh, we we've seen you know waves of population increase and decrease over the years, right? Sure. So I'm in the cats I'm in the Catskills of New York, right? We had a few big waves of population increase um, post 9/11. Everybody wanted to get out of the city, right? They came upstate bought secondary homes um, and stayed up here in the mountains prior to going back to the city. Um, during COVID, a lot of those second homes became primary homes because they didn't want to be um, in the five boroughs. You know, those those people that grew up in the five boroughs of Manhattan don't know anything other than the FDNY. Right. right. So they, they assume when a red fire truck pulls up to the front of their house because they called 911 for whatever the reason that the four or five guys getting off that rig are paid to do that job right they don't they don't realize that you know you're up here in in volunteer country where those four or five people that are getting off of that rig um you know one left his job at the auto body shop another one plows for the town highway department another one left his job at the post office whatever it may be they don't they don't they don't know that and they don't care you know they they expect that hey i dialed 911 because my house is on fire and I want a red, yellow, green, whatever hell color truck to roll up in front of my house. And I expect them to do the job. That's that's what they know. Yeah. It, it, man, I just wrote something down. Um, I love keeping notes and, and, you know, really following the conversation because I come up with new new brainchilds. Right. Like new sure. ideas. And what you just said was was pretty good because the, the level of service is there. People don't care who we are. But yet we care who we are. Yeah. 
Right. And so yeah. I've yeah. never, oh, yeah. I've never explored that in my own brain before. Right. Because I'm thinking like, they don't care. They want us there fast. They want us to mitigate the problem. They want us to take care of the situation. And then they don't care after we leave what we do. But we care. We care about, as volunteers, how much time we have to put in. We care more about nuisance alarms, especially if you're in a department, a volunteer department, that's running a lot of calls and and a higher call volume. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it's nonsense. It becomes, you become complacent. It becomes a challenge, right? These These are those volunteer challenges. So the people, the public we serve don't care who we are, but we do. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we should, right. We, we, we should care who we are. So talk about, Um, you know, we, we should, we should care about what we're doing. And, and, and I I think we can dive into what, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about prior to getting on the air kind of off of this is, is, you know, I know I've met too many people over the years that use their volunteer title as as a crutch to coast their way through the service right um it's it's easy to say it's easy to use oh well i'm just a volunteer as an excuse for why you don't want to consistently be better at the job you're tasked with doing which is a job that can which is a which is a life or death job it's a job that can that can get you killed or it doesn't matter if you're getting that paycheck or not, you could still die on this job. Right. Which we see, which we see all the time, you know? So, you know, whether it's, whether it's, you're a black hat firefighter and you want to be really good at being a black hat firefighter, be good at that job. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't use it as an, don't say, Oh, well, you know, I took my firefighter one. That's good enough. Cause that's all our bylaws say I have to take. Right. No, no. Why are we why are we setting ourselves to the minimum standard? Right. It's, it's called a minimum standard for a reason. We should be shooting for the for the highest of standard. Right. How, and that goes and that goes all the way up the rank. How do we do that? How do how, how do, do we promote our people to want to better themselves, which then I, I, in turn makes our department better? Right. For for me, what I've always what I feel works the best and it is leading by example yes. setting it setting the example okay yes. whether whether it's leading by example because you're actually an officer or because you're an informal leader you're the senior man you know you're like a guy like you you know sure you might not have time to get involved in the officer ranks anymore but people still um you know trust your knowledge and, and they trust your your skills and ability to sure. do the job so so they're willing to follow in your footsteps you know if if a senior man comes into the firehouse and does nothing but bitch about being in the firehouse all the time well that's what the probies are going to think it's okay to do uh, you know? I, I couldn't but, agree with you more that's a good point very good point yeah yeah but if the senior man comes into the firehouse and is is happy to be there wants to take these guys and girls underneath his wing and you know show them how to do things and and how to have passion for the job well i think that's that's the big piece that a lot of times we're missing is you know we're not passing along that passion you know we're not we're not we're not showing you know showing these guys once you know once somebody sees that somebody really enjoys what they're doing you're gonna you're gonna have people follow along in that path it is infectious Um, it's absolutely infectious i think negativity Negativity is the easy road because it's easy to bitch because you don't do anything about it, right? Correct. I, I think the positive side of things is when you get a few people that are excited and want to infect and, and want to make change and, and infect their organization with positive vibes. It takes work yes. to do that, but that is infectious because nobody likes And I promise you, man, I'm getting tired of some of the negativity that I'm seeing lately with just yeah. constantly ripping and tearing down people and organizations and just constantly being bitter. Whereas because it's an easy conversation, it's easy to get attention. It's easy to get people to jump on a topic and go after it when it's, when it's all naysay, you know, but it's, 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 it's easy to stir the pot. Yeah. Right. When that's all you do. Right. But I find that, you know, people that are consistently stirring the pot, if the positive people start calling them out on what they're doing. 100%. It's harder for the, it's harder for them to continue doing that. Right. We've all heard the complaint. Uh, you know, maybe you set a policy or you make a change in your station and you get the guy that comes over to you and says, well, they don't like what you're doing. 
you yeah. know? Right. And, and it took me, it took me a few years to kind of uh, start asking this question back. But eventually I was like, you know, it's, am- it's amazing. There's always this mystical they, but I never know who they are, you know? So whenever I get a complaint now and somebody says, Hey, they don't like this or they don't like that. My first question is, who, well, who are they? Who? Yeah, who who are they? Who? Right? And it's so, oh well, I I really I you know, I really can't say. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? If they can't have a voice and can't have a face, well, you know, I'm not going to worry about them. Cowards. Let's just keep plug- yeah, let's keep plugging forward. Let's keep moving forward. We're not going to worry about that. We're not going to worry about that negativity, yeah. right? Yeah, and when I- when 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 they want to step up and actually a- approach something then we'll step up and approach it you know and i i love that right because that's the ownership of it and that's what i look at is like in my career in the fire service i mean i i've certainly am not the fireman i am today that i was yesterday the day before let alone 5 10 20 years ago right no you mature you change right exactly and i look at today the one thing that i'm very proud of is i will sign my name to everything i'm not a guy that backdoors anything. I'm not a guy that will will get involved in the nonsense behind the scenes anymore and the carrying on of all that because I've come to realize, and especially through this platform and the people I get to call friends and brothers now, there's no way, there's no way I can get involved in that nonsense anymore. And it goes to character. And I think in the fire service, we, in the volunteer fire service, character is lacking when it comes to ownership and responsibility of your worth. And I think yes. we need to do a better job. And, and when you start looking at departments where you have high turnover or you don't have longevity out of your members or there's an underlying, you know, bitterness or, or angry, anger that, that runs rampant, you know, just below the line of what's acceptable, you know, mm-hmm. I think you really got to look at the current infrastructure and say what's driving that, right? Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. can't allow for that to fester. And when we let shit fester in the volunteer firehouse is when we really start to have problems. Right, right. Listen, the game changer for me, and I talk about my first time through the ranks as, 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 and becoming a chief officer was early in the 2000s, right? And I'm a completely different person now than I was back then, right? Yeah. I thought I knew a lot. I thought I knew a lot back then. Oh, I'm right know, there with you, man. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know anything. Right. Uh, compared to who I who I am now. But but, you know, the, the, the game changer for me was to realize that. It's a great thing to disagree. Right. It's a it's a great thing for you and I to have a difference of opinion on something and have a conversation, even if it's a slightly heated conversation. Right. And when we, but it's how we walk away from that conversation. Right. If you walk away from that conversation and I'm like, you know, Jeremy made a good point, you know, and, and I start to maybe tweak how I'm thinking or look, I might still walk away and, you know, think I was right or, you know, or my point of view is, is better than your point of view. But, but it's how you walk away from that conversation that a lot of times destroys can destroy a volunteer firehouse, right? Because if everybody can't disagree and understand that differences of opinions are okay, but when you're done with the conversation, just respect one another, right? That's, that's the big problem. Yeah. I, I think, um, uh, yeah, wow, unpack all of that, right? I mean, <laughs> there's so much there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I was, I wanted to get to this point before, and then we kind of veered away, but this, this we, we can get there. And just bear with me for a minute. But yeah, no we talk about the volunteer fire. I mean, all the fire service is a family, right? Brotherhood, sisterhood, all that, right? It sounds yeah. great, right? Oh, my sounds God, great. we're brothers, we're sisters. And then right. we, we stab each other as fast as we can in the back, or we, we, you know, whatever. We put our agenda first over the company's agenda, the department's agenda, whatever. Whatever, right? All those variables. But yeah, we're all brothers and sisters. In the volunteer fire service, I think it's pretty unique because we typically uh, we typically dive all in, right? Mm-hmm. And you're there because you want to be there. It's not that you're collecting a paycheck. It's not. It's not your livelihood. It's not putting bread on your table. It's not clothing your children, right? So you're right. making that conscious choice to be in that firehouse, and then. So the, the, the camaraderie and brotherhood is very tight. It should be very strong. And mm-hmm. what I think matters, and we, I was talking to Mo Davis about this on another podcast with his people, about diving in and, and making them personal relationships. You, mm-hmm. you need to learn and get to know your people personally. And sure. the only way you can have good 
members of an organization as if they're good outside of their organization. And oh, the, yeah. the volunteer fire department has to do a better job. The management, whether it's the, the company side with the president and all those front table people that run the mm-hmm. admin side or yep. the operational side of the chief and his command structure, they have to be more dialed in, compassionate, caring, and wanting to know who their people are outside of the firehouse so that they're good and active and squared away members of the organization when they're at the firehouse. And I don't think we talk about that enough, Brian. I don't think that we take enough invested interest into all of our people. I think that we run too many clicks. I think that this group is more important than that group, or this guy's sure. the outcast, and we don't, we don't do our due diligence to make sure that his home life is good or he's in a good spot. I just think that we need to do more for our people outside of the firehouse, which then creates a better firehouse. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. And, and there's, look, there's a lot to unpack there as well. I mean, I mean, um, you know, we don't do a good job. I mean, that, that you know, we could, <laughs> we could dive into, you know, we could dive into mental health and all these other, all of these other things, but, but yeah, we don't do a good idea. We don't do a good job because, you know, simple, and it does start with, with the leadership, you know, um, simple things like you know calling and checking on somebody when they when they haven't come around in a yeah while. you know what like stop sending text messages right stop you know actually pick up the phone and give somebody a call it's, it's you know and make sure that they're okay um yeah most of us are not running uh, Maryland numbers like the uh, you know volunteer sure, sure, numbers sure. like they're running in Maryland. You know we're running a you know we're we're running with twenty if we're lucky twenty five to fifty active members. It, and and if you have fifty members on the roll, you know you have probably twenty that are there all the time. Right. Well, if one of that twenty all of a sudden isn't coming around like they were, and they were there every day for just about every run. Well, instead of having a sidebar conversation or a little clicky conversation about what you hear might go be going yes. on in their personal life, why don't you pick up the damn phone and say, "Hey, bro," or "Hey, sis," you know, what's going on? Are, are you are you okay? Yeah, you know, we're here for you. Yeah, do you, do, you, do, you need, do you need to talk to somebody? You know, yeah, whatever. You know, and and that's a game changer. I mean, it's absolutely a game changer because now they feel like they're a part of something. You know, you know we, yeah, we, we throw around brotherhood. We throw around the word brotherhood, you know, like you can buy in a gum dispenser. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 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 that's not what it's about. You know. I well, and that's what that's where I was going with this. Right? Is like if you want a well-oiled fire company or fire department, start with your people outside the firehouse. And sure. and I think what's important there too is how we deal with that. And I agree with you 100 percent that we need to be connected to our people. We need to really be conscious of the fact that if something's out of character for somebody, we should probably do something about that. We should look into that a little bit and we should do it on a personal level. And what drives me nuts is when a guy is gone in the firehouse for a month or two and is not active, right? Mm-hmm. Something happens and then he pops in for a call or two. And the first thing out of the guy's mouth is, "Oh, nice to see you. Where the fuck you been?" Right. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah well, what do you? Oh, yeah. We could use you. You know, like where you been? Instead of like, sure. "Hey, man, thanks for coming." Like, where the hell you been? Like, what's going on? Like, you know. Yeah. I yeah. and and it's that it's that mentality, and and that drives me nuts, right? Because this goes back to the beginning of this conversation that the public doesn't care who we are, but we do. Right. And we're right. volunteer. We're choosing to be there why are we not creating an environment that is warm and welcoming to make sure that you feel good and at your best when you're there because we can give you the training give you the equipment put the policies and procedures and guidelines in place but if you're not squared away it doesn't matter absolutely Jeremy, how many how many times have you have you gone to a, a dinner or an awards banquet or whatever and have somebody stand up in front of the room and it, you know either give their farewell speech because they're going out as chief or they're accepting an award and they refer to the members of their agency as their second family? Yeah, right? you guys are you guys are like my family. I, I actually I spend more time here with you than I do with my family, right? Well, when when you're dealing with troubles and a family member right like i can go and have a conversation with my dad or my brother and based on tone of voice and facial expressions and other things i know when there's something going on right absolutely well well well, 
so if you're if you're saying that these people are like your family well you know what when somebody walks into the station just like you said after they've been gone for a month or two and nobody's seen for, from nobody's seen them nobody's reached out to them and you take one look at their face and how they're carrying themselves you know what if you know your people you should know that now's not the time to break their chops about not being around for two months. Now might be the time to say, Hey, take a walk with me and say, is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, why, why is it so? Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I know you and I are on the same page with a lot of these topics. And so that's, it's just fun to chat with you because it, it just reinforces my belief that I'm not crazy. Right. Yeah, I, no, I think we have such an ability to make things better. How do we get the buy-in? How do we, how do we get other people to buy into this mantra that we need to take care of our own, we need to treat each other well, and the mission of the department follows? I think we get too caught up in, and and let me preface it this way too, in the volunteer fire service, right? If you, So my department's doing between six and 700 runs a year, all fire, no EMS, thank God. Right. Right? If we did EMS, we'd be upwards of 2,000 plus calls just for my community, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. we're, we're at that tipping point, and you know this in the volunteer fire service, we're at that tipping point that usually 700 calls is when you start looking at alternative means of supplying staff to provide protection for those calls, right? Correct. And so yep. that's, that's that number where typically starts to tip and say, man, we can't keep doing this as an at-home response agency. We need to start looking at putting people in, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. With that, you come down to, you know, say you got 50 on the rolls, 20 are active, and 12 are there for almost everything, and those are the guys that you can count on all the time. Why do those 12 get so entitled? Why, <laughs> why, does, why, does, why do those 12 think that they're more important than the guys that were there before them that did the same exact thing they did or the people that aren't showing, us, uh, showing up as, more, as much as they do Yet yeah. they, they feel they're more entitled so they can break rules, not follow some rules. They get to yeah. do what they want, right? This all adds to that whole concept of breaking and failure, right? Sure, and sure. and I, I was talking about this the other night, and just bear with me because I, I really want your opinions on this and so on. I was talking to somebody the other night, and I said, I've been, I've been a fireman for going on 28 years. I was like, you know, when I was 22 years old, I was just as dedicated, if not more dedicated, as you are now. And I was like, so, and and I think I carried some of that entitlement back then, too, where I was like, hey, I'm here all the time. I'm going everything. I'm doing everything. Like, I should get special treatment, or I should be patted on the back more so than that guy that only comes to calls in the required training. Like, and, and I think that that is a very dangerous recipe that I think is resonating more and more because as volunteerism dwindles, right, as the numbers start to decline more and more, we're, we're trying to do the same or more with less. And so those people now have even more responsibility thrusted on their shoulders. It's almost impossible not to feel some type of entitlement that you're owed a big thank you or you do more so you don't have to do this, this, and this. It's a very interesting conversation, and I'd love to get some of your thoughts on that and how we kind of combat that entitlement that has creeped into those that live and breathe the volunteer fire service where others, I used to live and breathe it every single hour of my day. Now, my kids are in high school. I run National Fire Radio. I travel three, four days a week. Like, I can't be as committed as I once was, but I still absolutely love it and have an incredible passion for it and go to everything I possibly can. Why do those guys seem to be more entitled than I am these days? Well, they're not, right? Yes. But we know that they we know that they feel they are. Sure. Right? And, and and I said this in just a few minutes ago. Uh, it, it all comes down to the it comes down to the hierarchy and the leadership, really. I mean, it, and 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 follow me here on this because yeah. this is this is why this is why this is why I feel that way. Okay. The problem in the volunteer fire service is a lot of people in leadership positions, i.e. chiefs, assistant chiefs, captains, lieutenants, whatever, right? Um, don't do the job uh, or don't handle personnel in, in, in a way that is beneficial to the entire organization lots of times. How they handle personnel is 
based on who they feel is going to keep them in their position or continue to rank advance them up from their position, right? And typically that's the active guys, those those guys that feel like they're entitled because they're the ones that are around all the time. And leaders give them that ability to be entitled. Yeah. Right. Um and 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 that goes right back into that whole volunteer is a crutch thing that we started off talking yes. about, right? Um because it doesn't matter if you're a if you're a, a rank and file firefighter or if you're holding an officer's position, right? If once you decide that you want to be in a leadership role, you you need to continue educating yourself every day to be a, a a good leader. And how many people do we know that don't do that, right? They think going out to the fire training center to take an officer class makes them a good leader. Well, it doesn't. It might give you some tools in your toolbox, right? But we all know that, that all the different roles that we play in this game. And if your only concern is staying in the position and making people happy, right? And that's what drives me nuts is, is people that just want to make people happy. Sure. You, you can't be, you, you can't be, you can't be a leader and you can't set the tempo and you can't, uh, you can't have uh, your guys that are there all the time, have a good attitude. And the ones that show up, you know, we should be glad, we should be happy. As long as they meet their, their standards, we should be happy when anybody shows up. Right. So we need to be treating all these people the same, um, not treating the ones that show up every day now because we know that group can change on a dime. Right. So maybe it's six now, but next month it's six different people. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it all I really think it all comes down to how we how we handle those folks as as leaders in the service. Competition is good. Yeah. You yeah, know, when, when we, in, you know, it's funny because I remember, uh, you know, this time of year, it's a little late now, but usually October, November, early December, when elections come through for volunteer fire service and all that and all mm -hmm. these political games, I'll get so many messages from people about like, hey, man, just looking for some advice or, you know, like this is this nonsense going on. I'm like, brother, this, it goes on everywhere. Right. Right. And I said that you have to be careful because when when you have an organization where there's no competition for position. Right. Be leery of that because the people that are there sometimes are not there for the right reasons and they're able, oh, to, able to have that position and maintain that level of authority. And so you have to be conscious of that. And I think competition is good. And anybody that shies away from competition is somebody that does not want to be their best or is not yeah. the best. And you need and want people to have competition in life because competition pushes the individual to be better. And so, I guess I ask you in this in that in that conversation is some things we need to talk about right in the volunteer fire services we lack competition today for for positions and I think we get stuck in traditional ways of understanding that you know uh, I look at it this way like all chiefs are still firemen sure and the job and and the fact is is we don't need a chief on ninety percent of the fire calls we go to. Right, right. So, right, right. so why why are we not, you know, asking or wanting our chief officers to assist on calls where we need firefighters, and, and that's <laughs> yeah. a, it's an interesting conversation because it's like, listen, man, like an engine company or or an engine and truck can handle a, a automatic alarm, a CO alarm. I mean, anything, right? You don't need a freaking chief to run command yeah. of a fire alarm of a private dwelling. And yet, you know, we got three guys actively actively being the firefighters and investigating the alarm and maybe a large square footage home and the chief sitting in his car across the street in the air conditioning or in the heat. Right. And, right, right, and right. we can't lose track of things like that. And I, and that's, that's the things that I think we could do to better ourselves. And I look for leaders in the, in the volunteer fire service to find alternative solutions. And just because it's been done this way for so long, it might not represent of, might not be representative of who or what you are today. Do well, you, let's, yeah, go ahead. Let, let's roll back to, <laughs> to what you, what, let's roll back to entitlement. Let's roll back to competition. Yeah. Because, because I, I think those are two really important words and because lots of organizations feel that once somebody 
gets voted in as the lowest office, whatever it may be, a lieutenant, right? That they are entitled, unless they do something wrong, like, you know, go rob somebody's grandma or something, they, the, the organization, not the, you know, they, the organization feels if they're a good guy or a good girl, you know, they should rank advance. You know, they, they should rank advance for as long as they can. They could be the worst officer the company has ever seen, right? Yeah. But because they're putting their time in, they deserve to rank advance, right? And, and that's, that's horrific. Right. Like that is that it's completely wrong. It, but there's volunteer there's stations all over the country that that's how they operate. Sure. Right. And 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 I've said this multiple times in front of lots of different rooms of people that you need to think differently. You need to realize that in most volunteer fire companies, when you're electing your lieutenant, that you're electing your future chief. So you, so you, so you need to think about it that way, right? And can they learn and advance and grow? Yes, absolutely, they can, right? But we need to push them to do that, other, because they can also become a slug and just, you know, whatever, just do the years yeah. and get get the position and you know get their face on the wall and have never accomplished anything. When we talk about competition, yeah, you're right. Competition is good. Competition is healthy. Um, look, I, I just had somebody um, run against me for, for, for my position, right? Did it upset me? Sure. You know, was I concerned? Absolutely. Because I care so much about the job, you know, but when guys were coming up to me saying, Hey, Brian, what do you think? You know, this guy's running against you, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, you know, I'm just here to do my job and to keep moving the department forward. You know, like, that's what I want to do. I want to keep moving the department in a forward direction, right? If you guys think that I'm the guy for the job, you'll vote for me. If you don't think I'm the guy for the job, you'll vote for somebody else. That's a, right? listen, that, uh, listen, <laughs> that's an admirable position. I mean, there, you know, with the amount of time and, and, and energy invested into that position, it's uh, kudos to you. But I can tell you, man, because I've been there a thousand times and, you know, yeah. there is that little bit of like, you know, like, I don't know. You know, but I think that's important, right? Is like what the walk away is. You're allowed to be upset or angry if you lose that election that night, that day, sure. for the next week or two. But it's how you conduct your it comes down to character and you gotta pick yourself up. And life is all about being knocked down. And it's what you do with being knocked down and how you get back up makes you better. And I talked to somebody the other day that that leaned out that uh, reached out to me about kind of this topic and was like, you know, just curious about your thoughts. I said, Listen, man, it's all about what you do with it. Like, if these yeah. people choose to put somebody else in that position, it's not your job to sit there and say, I told you so, should have voted for me. It's not what it's about. You put your head right. down, you work hard, and go back at it, and let people see what your work ethic and your character is all about. You know, right. if the right. guy's a fraud or the guy's flawed, he's going to show it himself. And right. and then people it's look. and then it's up yeah. to the department if they want to promote a, a fraud or they want somebody that's a worker. Right. And, and you know, and if they want to promote a fraud, if they want to promote a fraud, that's that's on them, you know. But that's it. And 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 when you know uh, a month later or two months later or a year later, when they're when they're all you know talking about the morale and this that and the other thing, you know, it's not you know they need to realize that well, well, what did we do here? Well, you know, right. we're, we're 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 promoting this, you yeah. know. Um, but but yeah, you, know, you you hit the nail on the head, right? You know. Um, would if if I were not you know if I were not an officer tomorrow would I would it would it take me a while to adjust because I've been doing it for so long? Of course, yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, I still love being a firefighter. Yes, you know? Jesus, and and if I yes. and if and if and if I love doing the job, I'm still gonna show up regardless of what color helmet I'm wearing on my head. I you know? love going to fires. I love going on runs. And you know what's fun too in the volunteer fire service is. I don't know. I mean, I've been around a long time. Uh, I kind of my my opinions and my worth matter on the fire ground. And so whether I'm wearing a colored shield or a different color helmet or not, you know, when you conduct yourself in the right way and you show through your actions and words that you are who you are and you have sure. experience and knowledge, people respect that regardless of what helmet or shield you're wearing. And I think Absolutely. that's the message that matters is you can carry yourself as a veteran or a senior guy or even a mid-level guy if you only got a couple of years on, but you're dialed in, you care about it, it shows. Your work ethic shows when it matters, and that is what stands out to people. And I think that's where we really need to go because, you know, for the last little part of this podcast, I want to be positive. 
And I want to talk mm-hmm. about, and, and where I wanted to steer this was, and ask you, is outside of everything we just talked about, which are all the things, just oh, shit, I mean, literally the tip of the iceberg of, of things that are affecting the volunteer fire service. But sure. I know you share a very much the same passion that I have for it. And I don't ever want to see this institution disappear. I want to be able to see that that Main Street USA volunteer firehouse still has an open garage door where the community's welcome and we're servicing and providing a professional service to our residents. I can't can't believe that we're going to lose any traction on the American Fire Service when it comes to volunteers. We need to maintain and provide that level of service as a volunteer organization. I think it's important civically, but that's a whole nother conversation. But what's good, man? I love going to fires. I love the camaraderie, the brotherhood. I played Santa Claus yesterday for our town <laughs> at the nice. firehouse. Our our Santa Claus, who has done it, we made an honorary member like you know years ago. He's been playing Santa Claus for years. He passed away this year. He passed away two months ago. And, and it was, you know, and the guy was an honorary guy. He was at our firehouse all the time. He loved us like he was one of us. He just was never a brother fireman on the apparatus, but on mm-hmm. the social side and so on, he was a part of us. He was part of our fabric. And so it was an honor for me to step up and play Santa Claus yesterday. Sure. Like I haven't, I've never done that before. And it was just an honor to, to actually do that. And I watched all of our guys dial in on like Santa day. And when you want to, make yourself part of the community. It's events like that that matter. It makes an impact. And when you can impact families in your community, whether they give a shit who you are or not, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're making an impact, right? Whether you're a career volunteer, it doesn't matter. You're putting a smile on their kid's face. You're showing them the equipment. You're showing them that you're there. And if you're there to play Santa Claus, you're going to be there when the tones drop too, right? They got to believe that the firehouse is a community place, right? And so those are all things that matter. But for me, I sat back yesterday and watched the camaraderie and brotherhood that come out of it. And as much as there's some naysaying going on or guys tearing each other down a little bit here or there, or snide comments, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, the overall is positive. The overall is good. What's yeah, good absolutely. for you, man? What do you enjoy most about the job in the volunteer firehouse? Oh, man, I'll tell you, you know, I, I there's so many things I, I enjoy. I, you know, obviously – when we're busy and we're doing the job, that's what we all love. Right. Yes. Um, but, but, you know, I, I, I think I, I think I really enjoy, you know, when, when we start to come down from that, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're busy and we're doing runs and we're going to fires and, you know, everybody's hyped up, you know, but, but when we, when we start to come down from that and, and we just realize how how tight knit we are right and how well you know how well we really do work together and and how hard we work for the community that we serve and and you know there's there's like that's something to smile about you know yes. like like you just like you just said like uh, having the kids come in at, at christmas and playing santa you know i, I mean it's there's something that should make you feel really good about that, you know? And, and it's the same when, uh, look, tonight we're all, we're all getting together and, and our, our local venue out here, uh, Bethel Woods um, has this Christmas light show and uh, they're promoting this healthy firefighter challenge. So we're, we're all going out there and a whole group of us are walking, you know, walking the light show tonight, uh, you know, with our, with our families. Great. You know, I mean that, you know, that's just good. It's good stuff. You know, it comes back down to what we, what we talked about earlier on, on this conversation, you know, that, that there's so much more to this, to this thing. And it's the reason that we get involved. It's the reason that it, that it keeps us going. Um, you know, like your Santa day, you know, we still do a couple breakfasts a year. I mean, look, are we making a million dollars serving pancakes and French toast twice a year? No, we're, we're, we're probably not even breaking, you know, we're probably not even breaking even in the grand scheme of things, but when it's all said and done and you watch your community come into your station and have breakfast and walk around and BS with the members and go out and look at the trucks, right? There's something like that should make you feel good to yes. know that you're to know that all those people sitting in that room eating are not doing what you're doing and they're looking up to you because you are doing what you're doing yeah. and they're there to support you. If yeah. that doesn't make you feel good about what you're doing, nothing will. I, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think that that's the importance of the volunteer firehouse in a community. 
And, you know, it doesn't matter. If they don't know your volunteer, educate them. Sure. Let, the, yeah, let them know who you are. Let them know, but show them through your level of uh, service delivery that you're just as good or better than any career service that could be there too. And I think that that's important, and I think that message can't get lost. Um, I, man, what a, what a great conversation. You and I could rap forever on this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think that's what's fun about it, right? So let's start setting our volunteers up for success. Brian, what is that class? What the, I mean, I got to believe it hits on basically everything we just talked about and so much more. Yeah, so so um, Chief Andershack and I have put together this program, and and we do we focus on a lot of these topics. I mean, you know, we we focus on the big ones, recruitment and retention. Um, we we dive into mentorship uh, quite a bit, um, professionalism because you know that's my wheelhouse, you know, um, and and we dive into leadership a little sure. bit. Um, and, and we do it as a, as a half day seminar. We've got some, you know, some hands-on activities and, and different things that we do to kind of break the ice. And are we reinventing the wheel here with this class? No, but I'll tell you what we're doing. We're coming in and opening the door for conversations that are probably already happening. in a lot of those clicks that we talked about, Yeah. right. But somebody's afraid to stand up in front of the room and say, Hey, we need to tackle this. I love it. You know, so so we're coming in. We're we're kind of volunteering to be the bad guy and bring up all of these topics that we're talking about and and you know trying to get agencies to realize. Look, if you want to see a future, right? If you if you want that that door to you know continue to open every day um, of that neighborhood volunteer fire station, you you need to start addressing some of these issues um, and and come up with a plan. And, uh, and, and that's what we're there to do. You know, we just, we offer up ideas. We have a lot of great conversations. Um, and then, you know, we offer to, uh, if they want to, after they've sat through the entire, uh, the entire program, you know, we offer to come back at like a later date. And if they want to zero in on specific topics, uh, we'll help them zero in on specific topics. I love it's that. been a great, it's been great. Yeah. Well, specific topics for me, you said it and it's this, this line that always rings a bell with me when we talk about recruitment and retention, especially in the volunteer service. And the funny thing is for me, recruitment's one issue and we focus heavily on recruitment and we never focus on retention. hundred percent. And, and, and that's, and that's why we, uh, you know, we, we handle it as, as two, two totally different subjects, you know, because what's going to retain a guy like you and I, right. That are about the same age, right. right? What's, what, what's going to retain us, versus what's going to retain the the 19 20 year old kid that's only been around for a couple of years right we still need to retain them right We're, we we can't take for granted that oh you know they're they're 19 or 20 we've got them for at least the next 7 years that's not true you know there's a million things tugging on tugging on kids today right uh we need to retain everybody and yeah. and, and it doesn't matter what their age is yeah well, I, I agree with you, and I think we need to do a much better job at retaining the members that we have because, you know, it's it's kind of like sales, right? Like when, sure. when when you're a salesman and you sell an account, you know, the the easy the easy way to grow sales as an organization is to go after low hanging fruit that you're not getting from existing customers. Sure. Well, in a firehouse, sure. it's our existing members. How do we get yeah. the most out of them? while making them feel a part of the organization and promoting them. And that's what we need to do. We need to do a much better job at promoting our own people. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, what's the value of a guy like yourself, right? Think about that. Yeah. What's the, you know, you have how how many years in the service? 27 going on 28. All right. 27 years. So the, the, the knowledge, skills and ability and, and the uh, experience that you have, what's, what's the value of you, right? And, and if you were to walk away tomorrow for whatever reason, say, guys, listen, I'm tapped out. I, I, I can't do this anymore. Right. How long does it take to replace a you? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that's what, that's what we're missing here. You know, you don't replace a 27 year guy in the volunteer or career fire service in a, in a year. Nope. You just don't do and it. And not only that, but you probably never recover from that because the way we're trending and the way things are going, it's just ha- more harder and harder to, to fill Absolutely. those shoes. And, um, sure. you know, we're relying, you know, I said it before, we're doing more with less and, and we're putting so much pressure and requiring so much of the few that are handling the organization's main priority, and that's call response. And we yep. need to do a better job at looking at the existing makeup of the department, 
and determining what's best for our people to get the most out of them so we can provide that professional service that we're supposed Absolutely. to be doing. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, brother. Well, brother, where can people find you? I know you got the podcast. Uh, you release episodes on your podcast. It's the Professional Brotherhood. Um, your yes. social media platform as well. You guys are doing your class, which I think is awesome. I'm hoping to get in on one one of these days. If not, maybe I'll host you here in Jersey or something. We'll figure something out. But I'd, yeah, love, for sure. I'd love to see that class come to my area. I think it would be um, a lot of good, uh, great reception on it. Um, and the people that <laughs> – I look at it this way. The people that are sitting in the crowd at your class are the ones that want to hear it. You're not oh, gonna. Absolutely. You're not gonna get the people we talked about today on there. The people that are that are holding us back. They're not gonna attend a conference like that. Um, no. But I think it's great, man. And I'm I'm hoping to catch uh, a day where you guys do it. And uh, I'd love to be uh, a fly on the wall and and really digest it because I'm sure it will help me in our mission where I am. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no. People, if I could, if yeah, I could just ahead. plug the if I could plug the two that we have coming up. Yeah. Hundred percent. So uh, uh, January 28th, we're going to be down in uh, Carlisle, Delaware, uh, Carlisle Volunteer Fire Department. Uh, and then that Sunday, the 29th, we're going to be uh, in Odenton, uh, Maryland. That's cool. So uh, right. registration information is on our, on our website uh, or on our uh, Instagram pages and websites. And if, uh, if you're in those areas and you, you want to come uh, listen to the message, we'd love to have you. And that's the professional brotherhood, right? They can go to social media, Instagram, yep. and they can find you there and then find the links yep. for the Profes- uh, pro- professional dot brotherhood on Insta and awesome. you know, click on the link tree and you can find everything else from there. Cool. And then that they can get you there too with an email if they have any questions or follow up to this episode because I'm sure absolutely. there's going to be a couple people reaching out asking you just a couple of ideas or opinions. Always yeah, happens. absolutely. Yeah, man, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure, man. And then the Professional Brotherhood podcast. I can appreciate that because, uh, well, I live in this world. And so for you to do a <laughs> podcast and put that out, and I know you partner up with some uh, some other uh, professionals across the industry, I think it's a lot of fun. And I've listened to a bunch of your episodes, um, a lot of good nuggets and takeaways from there. So uh, I love cross-promoting. And, and certainly put it out there. So, guys, if you're interested in uh, in the professional brotherhood, that's the podcast you want to go check out with Chief Brian Soler. Chief, thank you, brother. I appreciate you joining thank me you, today. Thank you, brother. Yeah. yeah, good. Absolutely. Cool. Stay right here. Uh, I'm just going to sign off, and I'll come right back to you, okay? Great. Guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. A great conversation today with Brian Soler, the professional brotherhood. Check him out. Check out his social media. Check out the podcast in his class, setting our volunteers up for success. Uh, coming to Maryland, Delaware, PA area. Check it out online. Go find him. Uh, it's a great message and, a, and a, a great way to promote the brotherhood. So thanks for tuning in. Take this episode, go back to the firehouse, talk about it, because as we talk about it, we make the job better. Chief, thanks for joining me. We'll see you at the next one, guys. Take care. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.